Hello, and welcome to the Flix From Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we've got Netflix's 117th film. It's a 2018 Christmas romantic comedy, The Holiday Calendar. It's directed by Bradley Walsh. It stars Cat Graham, Quincy Brown, Ethan Peck, and Ron Steffes Jones of Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, 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 good. Very excited to see your lovely face again and do this. I not as excited as I was to be watching my first Christmas movie, obviously first Christmas movie of the season, because I think you could argue that the season has quite started yet, but it was very nice just to dip our toe back into into Christmas movies because uh, we've got a few more to come and we know that in, in years to come and years gone by, Netflix is uh, is pretty keen on the old Christmas movie. So I think uh, it's good to it's good to warm into it again. Good. Well, um, we like to. I mean, you, you obviously like your Christmas stuff a bit more than I do, so I'm, I'm kind of keen to see uh, where you sit for this one. And we did do a couple of um, Christmas ones last year, so we, we've got a bit of a feel mm. for, for what these look like. So uh, we'll, we'll see where this one whether this one fits. And we we do like to start off with our fast flicks where. We'll do a quick summary. So what have you got for this? Uh, all right. So the holiday calendar. Stuck in a rut during the holiday season, Abby finds reasons to lean a little bit more into the Christmas vibe and quickly finds her emotions come bubbling to the surface. Oh, that's so sweet. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I've, just, I've just come up with a question. I said, can an advent calendar lead to love? Oh, interesting. I found this really hard and, um, yeah, I will probably get to later, but I, I found this one a bit of a, a, a tricky one to put together some ideas. So we'll, yeah, we'll, I can hold, on, we'll, hold, on. we'll hold on. So let's, uh, let's look at what we learned about this one. Fill us in on how this one was put together. So uh, April 2018, look, I'll start by saying there's not a heap here. Um, I think these movies are pretty cookie cutter kind of set up, so that wasn't too much to get excited about. But in April 2018, straight away it was reported that Bradley Walsh would direct Christmas Calendar, as it was called at the time, and that was already for Netflix. So Netflix obviously on the front foot with wanting more Christmas content on their streaming platform. Um, the screenplay had already been written by Eamon Caterali. That's a nice name. Um, so that was the Christmas calendar. It was then later retitled the holiday calendar. Uh, not a huge change there. Maybe obviously just trying to branch out a little bit more than just the, the religious holiday of Christmas and, and talking more about holiday. But uh, the principal photography uh, began in, in April in 2018. The city in the film was Niagara-on-the-Lake in Ontario, Canada, Um that city was actually also the same city that uh, Christmas Inheritance, which was another Netflix Christmas movie that we did last year, was, was filmed on, uh, also by Hideaway Pictures. So you can understand that they uh, got it right once and they'll try and get it right again. Um, and that's basically the story. I, I think the other thing that I do want to bring up is that Kat Graham, who was, who was the lead in the film, she was uh, really drawn to this script due to the fact that it talked about a biracial family unit uh, and the fact that there were interracial, inter- interracial relationships existing in this story, but not discussed in any way. It was just this person's black, this person's white, this person's Latino. Don't, don't care. We're not going to talk about a biracial relationship or biracial family. It's just the way it is. And, um, yeah, so she was really drawn to that. Um, 
that component of it of the script in the very first place. So that's how she came on board. I also think she might, I, I should have checked this, but I think she might be from Canada uh, as well. Obviously the film was filmed in Canada. So there was a bit of a link there for her too. Good. Yeah, well, I guess just uh, touching on what you've mentioned that 99% of the translations I could see online for this title stuck with that Christmas calendar title. So I think the, the holiday word is a very um, American, um, very American title very, yeah. that they went with. Yep. And and like you mentioned to Christmas Inheritance, I mean, there's a couple of really good references uh, of it throughout this film uh, where there's a character, Fernando, who's watching, um, watching the film actually while he's talking to the main character, Abby. And I think that this film is referenced in another Christmas Netflix film in the future as well. So um, they like to, you're right. to, yeah, to play a little bit with that, which is quite nice. Consensus time. What, what did the critics say? Yeah, um, pretty middle of the road from what I could see. It's, it's a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, nearly 7,500 ratings. 5.7, pretty good score. Um, and I was actually surprised by the how how high it was. A bit, bit more, a bit lower on Letterboxd. It's a two and a half out of five, but still not um, not terrible. We've certainly seen worse. There was nearly five thousand ratings on Letterboxd for that one as well. So not too bad in terms of the numbers and real middle of the road. Um, I want to say under par, but it's probably not. To be honest, it's probably sitting on around par for for what the film is. And uh, I think they'd be pretty happy with those numbers. Maybe they wouldn't mind seeing those. Total ratings higher, a bit higher, a few more eyeballs, but um, I think this is probably somewhat of a success for Netflix. Yeah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes had it at thirty-three percent, so uh, pretty low, only on six reviews. And I can't imagine many critics there. rushing out to see this one. <laughs> Not at all. And the audience had it at thirty-five percent, so very close, but okay. only a bit, bit over a hundred. So um, yeah, all sitting there in that same sort of boat, I guess, which probably leads us into where our early thoughts are for this. So what are your early thoughts for the holiday calendar? Yeah, look, Christmas movies, and, and you probably touched on this, uh, you alluded to this earlier. For me, Christmas movies, they're, they're judged on a different scale to other movies. And I, I think what you want to get out of most Christmas movies is just that feeling of of, of magic and uh, the, the whole Christmas vibe. As long as you can sort of get that out of it, then, then it, it is some sort of a tick mark. So I, I think that flaws in these kind of movies can be overlooked somewhat in, in order to make way for that, you know, Christmas magic and, you know, some really nice, wholesome content. Um, you know, whether that has been drilled into me from this Hallmark-esque way, I don't know. But as a, as a 31-year-old male, that's that's what I want out of my Christmas movie. So, yes, this delivers on that. Yes, there are gaping holes throughout, but the Christmas feeling does come through strong. Um, the magic of the season is there, and it's super duper wholesome. Like, I mean, I'm going to use that word a lot because so many things I just pinpointed in this movie was for the sake of being wholesome. I reckon. Um, I, I definitely didn't love it, but but I got my fill from what I wanted out of it. So that's probably the best way to summarize it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get exactly what you said. For me. I struggle a bit with this because there's not much I liked and there's not much I didn't like. So it was just, it just sort of sat there because um, casual Christmas fair is what is the best way I could put it together, I guess. And if you enjoy Christmas yeah. movies, you're, you're probably going to like this. If you didn't, you may as well give it a miss because you're not going to get anything too much more from it than, than that. And I think you, you summed that all up pretty nicely as well. Mm, I think that you've put that perfectly because if you like Christmas films, this will 
service to you, but it won't blow your socks off. And if you don't like Christmas films, uh, oh, sorry, not not don't like, because you probably just wouldn't be watching it anyway. But if you're not too fussed by it, this one isn't going to grab you any more <laughs> any more than any other film. It'd be very hard to say watch this instead of I don't know, even like a jingle all the way or something. So yeah, good. All right, well, let's uh, look at the characters. What have you got for the characters that you like? For yeah, starting with Abby, um, I just kind of liked her. <laughs> she's independent. She's goal orientated, despite maybe lacking a little bit of drive. She sticks up for herself. She believes in magic just enough for this story to work. And she bounces back from her mistakes. So I, I think Abby is also a symbol of just this wholesome family vibe that doesn't really exist anywhere but on a surface level just to say that, hey, this is a really wholesome family. Like she hangs out with her family on a consistent basis. She has a coffee with her grandpa, even though she's seeing him again that night, seeking advice from him. Her sister's always there for her. It's just a nice safety net that the audience has within this film because nothing is really going to go terribly wrong. Like rock bottom for Abby isn't that low. And that's that's kind of a nice feeling that you get when watching the film thinking, well, the worst thing that's going to happen is she's still going to have a family that will help her out through any sort of tough emotional times. Yeah, I think you've said that really nicely because the, the whole idea that they set up this warrior doesn't take risks and... You know, the parents are supportive. The boss seems like, you know, not too big a, a jerk, but yeah. not, the, not the best boss. So, yeah, I thought that she's doing her passion but in an unpassionate way and I'm referring to photography. Mm. So I, I liked that and I put that down myself and I was like, I'm very impressed with that. That, that, <laughs> that impressed me. But, yeah, I, I think you've, you've summed her up very well. What about um, the – we'll talk about Josh. Josh is the, yeah. the, love, the love interest from the start. There was always going to be the love interest. I don't think that's it. But I agree. We should do a spoiler. Yeah. We should do a spoiler alert though, because um, we haven't done one yet, and we will spoil the film a little bit more than we already have. Um, we're going to talk about it in, in quite a bit of detail. So if you haven't seen it uh, and you do want to see it and you don't want to have spoiled, then then turn off now and, and have a watch, and then come back to us and we can chat through it together. Even though you can't chat with us, but anyway, um, Josh. So Josh's his, his carefree nature and his desire to be a great friend to Abby worked for me early on. Like I thought it was great. Really liked it. I reckon they vibed so much better as friends. And I know I, I could see it coming a mile away. Don't get me wrong, but I just didn't really buy them as a couple. Um, and that's probably maybe more from Abby's side. I think that there's kind of enough clues about how into her he is, but I never, never bought that Abby was going to fall. Like I knew she was going to fall for him because I, I understood what was happening, but it just didn't. It didn't feel it. So I liked Josh, but I just don't think he was the right one for Abby. And I liked Abby. So, uh, oh yeah, he was fine, but I, he wasn't. He didn't. He, he, maybe if they had a work, this film would have worked more for me. I would have got that nice big romance at the end that I was looking for, which uh, didn't quite hit. But yeah, that's Josh for me. Yeah, he's just the the oldest friend that you know. Just all those things that he those tick those boxes. You know, the reason she likes photography is because of him. The, the mm. you know. And apparently it's a big deal in, in travel photography. And I kind of didn't like that they'd set it up that she didn't actually care about him or do any research on, even though he's given her multiple things, check out what I do, check out what I do. And she just didn't. And yeah. that, that, that made me a little bit sad for him because he's obviously a lot more, or had been previously a lot more into it, even though, um, you know, towards the end, we've, spot, we've said spoiler alert, so she's all in apparently. So yep. very, very interesting. Yeah. Then I guess we've She's all in before that. she realizes he's got the cash though. That's good. That's true. Um, 
I guess we need to talk about the, the speed hump in the middle, which is Ty. Um, and I, I just thought it was the setup of him. It was never going to work. The, the similarities that his job and his profession um, are not up to his parents' standards, just like her standards aren't up to her parents. And, and I, I'm a little bit confused. I don't know whether he's a good guy or not. I still, I still they left it too open-ended that he possibly isn't a very nice guy, but they want you to think he's a good guy. And didn't sit well either. Yeah, it's speed. Perfect. Straight down the line or not, yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing because he wasn't—he wasn't too bad a guy. Um, mm. I think it's nice that he brought out that spark in Abby, which, which you know, she, the film needed and she needed, allowed her to open herself up a little bit. But it didn't work out. They went right for each other. That's completely fine. He got a little douchey, but nothing too major. And I think he is as wholesome a villain that you'll actually see in a film. <laughs> like he's the bad guy in the film, in a sense, but he's. He's fine. Like he seems like the kind of guy I'd be happy to hang out with. Like he's not that bad a dude. Uh, and you're right; they don't they don't really sell it either way. But there's no evidence to suggest that he's just an awful guy. I think he's just a little bit vain, a little bit shallow, um, a little bit of a douche, but not terrible. Um, and that's how they want to do it in this film. There's no real bad guy, and uh, that's fine. That's what they're doing. Yeah, true. Um, well, only other one that I had down was Gramps, and I just thought that. You need to make a bit of mention about him. Is this guiding light in this film? And um, you know, he lost his wife recently. Knows something about the admin calendar that no one else knows. He's got this intrigue to him that that whenever a character talks to him, you want to listen because you, you think you're going to hear something nice. And I, I didn't mind that about him. Oh yeah, he's that guardian angel, right? Like yeah. he's measured, he's wise, he's methodical, he's always happy for abby to learn the lessons for herself but he always keeps her on track i think everyone needs a gramps in their life very few people would actually have someone that magical almost but uh yeah he was lovely like what, what wasn't the like have you got any other characters i just put down sarah who's her sister uh just to reiterate my point about the the family unit and just her being another great support she did this whole mum working at a law firm, running the PTA, all this juggling, all this stuff, but still great down to her sister being there for her. This whole, like, I, I wanted to have Christmas dinner with this family. Like that, that's kind of the vibe that you get. <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right. Well, the, the director, Bradley Walsh, a lot of TV, mm-hmm. North, a lot of TV, but um, One Tree Hill episodes, Done Helix, which was a show on the Sci-Fi Network that I enjoyed uh, quite a few years ago now. Um, the Beauty and the Beast TV show. Interesting um, context of work, I guess. Well, as of late, he also smashed out a bunch of Hallmark Christmas TV movies. So he had within this band, I think it was in one year, Christmas Festival of Ice, Christmas in Angel Falls, Christmas Encore. So I think Netflix kind of just, as we said with that cookie cutter, I think they just knew what they wanted and then he was a guy who could deliver it. So, I mean, what's wrong with that, making a quid, doing something that you know what you're doing, so... It's a good poaching if you're, if you're looking for that poach. Yeah. This is this is the, the target spot. So that's it. Very good. All right. What about um some scenes that you liked in this one? What are some things that stood out? The first thing for me, which I just realised that I've harped on about, but there's nothing special about the opening, but it the film is as traditionally wholesome as you would expect. Like they, they want you to know that this movie is old school wholesome, um, and you get that vibe from that first. Uh, dinner they have together at, at the house which again just a nice big house in the suburbs or i think it's more of a small town but um yeah it just that sits well with me um 
And then from there, I don't know why, but I really liked they went for a hot chocolate on their first date. There was just something really Christmassy about it. It had a really nice feel to it. Um, and again, it's just more the, the vibe that this movie was giving me with some of this content. Um, and the main thing that I did like, I really like the the three wise men advent calendar reveal. Um, obviously, the gramps in the morning and then the two old blokes at the shelter. I, I thought that was really nice. I thought that was such a nice touch and her discovering it and noticing it. And, and to be honest, it was... I'm trying to not use the word wholesome, but to be honest, it was just nice to see uh, this advice that they were getting just because they could. And yeah, I don't know. That sat well with me as well. So I, I can understand what you're saying, how there's nothing that you liked and nothing that you didn't like because these aren't amazing. And the final thing that I had, <laughs> the final thing that I had was I liked it uh, watching Christmas Inheritance on Netflix. Uh, I just, I thought that was cool. <laughs> that was my favorite of the three last year, if you remember. It was, and I think it was my least favourite from the three. So, I think um, it was too. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, so I put, So there's obviously this, the, the part you talk about where um, Fernando's watching it, but then there's another scene where, you know, um, Abby's going through one of those breakdowns and she's having a binge session watching her Netflix and they pause the screen on the Netflix home screen. And I was like, I'm going to write down um, everything that was on there to see what, was oh, yeah. it, what were her choices. <laughs> um, and you could tell it had been, a, it's a little bit of a doctored um, screen. But it had so Christmas inheritance was what she was watching as well. So obviously it's a yeah, it's a, a favourite amongst the community um, of wherever they are. <laughs> oh yeah. The other, the other options were the kissing group, which okay covered set it up, which another one oh, that we've also covered. Brilliant movie, love that. <laughs> then they had some TV shows. So they had Glow, which is the all female wrestling original. Oh, Glow, original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stranger Things, which probably needs no introduction. Yeah, true. Bill Nye Saves the World, which is another TV show. Ugly Delicious. And then in between Last Chance You, which I've watched, which is about a, a true life doco, sports doco about um, high school kids. Like Father, which we've also um, looked at as well. So good little selection there if you if you, if you pause, have a look. Well, good on Netflix for putting a, a touch of their own product placement in their movies. Yeah. Uh, why not, I say? <laughs> it's a little exactly. bit meta too when I'm sitting there watching Netflix, watching someone watching Netflix, getting recommended Netflix things. It's, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of liked it. That's okay, cool. All right. Um, is that all? That's all, mate, yeah. I, I, I couldn't find anything that has stood out to me. So I'm sorry. I know you're gonna hate me, but I got nothing. No, got absolutely nothing. Man, I, I don't care. <laughs> nothing. So I don't care. I there wasn't even. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Uh, I, I get nothing. it. It was just like it was fine. It, there was nothing that I was like that was awesome. Mm. So yeah, that's where mm-hmm. I'm at on on fine. Um, what are some things you want to forget from this? Uh, it it annoyed me that they when she was with Ty. That was his name, wasn't it? Ty. Yep. Uh, they literally went out on a date every night of the week. And Christmas is such a busy time for your social calendar. To have a guy who you've just met and dedicate every night of December to him, I don't know. I'm not buying that at all. I've got that. I'm like every – and those dates were extravagant. And that was just – it was too, <laughs> was too right full there, of yeah. I know he's a doctor and stuff, but, geez, that was horse carriage and stuff. It was just too over the top yeah um it annoyed me the reason for the turmoil or you know like the bad thing that goes on was with her getting fired uh, and the circumstances with her getting fired it just didn't work for me i mean obviously they had to get her fired because you know she needed that push to to move on on her own 
she didn't do anything wrong. It makes no sense to me that like Josh wouldn't just like she wouldn't just let Josh. I don't know. The whole thing was yeah. Um, and then she got really mad at him. It was all too forced. And then there was a line where she said, "You, you did this." Like, uh, come on, no, nah, it, it didn't work. I think as a you know, if someone's putting together that script or even that story analysis, you got to find something a little bit stronger there. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. The the whole idea of this memory card. And like you mentioned, she, she says that blames him, but then says, you know, it's my memory card. It's my responsibility at the same time. It just, the mixed yeah. message was, was really bad. Yep. Uh, a little bit later after that, she sends a text to Josh and you can see that she has no message history with Josh on her texts. Like she sends a text and it's the first one there. That's, that's insane to me. Like she wouldn't have wiped the messages and then texted him again. That was just sloppy. Like could have done a lot better there. Um, and and I've already mentioned this as well, but I don't really buy her feelings for Josh. She's just kind of like, oh wow, it was you all along. Like, ah, give me more than that. Like, that's not how you fall in love. Oh, love you at the end was just way too cliche. I didn't need it for the for to be together. You oh, didn't yeah. need that at all. All right, um, no, I got a couple couple others. So I thought the cute meat I didn't like the the tree falling off the car. Just car, the, yeah. the, the framing of that shot and like you could tell they've probably done this take about 10 times to try and get the tree to fall off exactly the right angle as the car went around the corner. Um, it just looked really poor. And, and then for him to be the doctor that she goes to get checked out at and then for him to be like, text me on the number on your prescription, I was like, I was like that's weird. That was, that was really weird. That's like creepy doctor vibes. <laughs> and the... The only other thing I've got there is that whole scene when um, Ty and Abby go back to her place and then all of a sudden he's this superficial jerk who, um, you know, is, is picking on on things around her house and oh, I've got a cardboard out of the calendar, things like this. I was like, I just didn't predict that from where we'd come mm. to know him so far. I just thought it was a, it was like, we need to break him up. Like, how can we do that? Oh, he's turned into something that we've never seen. That's fair. He didn't, he wasn't even that bad, to be honest. Like, yeah, he was a bit true. of a dick, but it wasn't like you said anything too offensive. Yeah, true. All right. Well, what, was, what are some ideas or some themes in this one? Uh, look, I mean, it's not a theme, but the whole vibe of the film is about being wholesome and, and wanting, wanting to be wholesome during this time of year and, and tying into the theme of the whole family unit and what makes a family unit and, I think it is a nice point, the fact that it is an interracial family. And I, and I love the fact that it's just not discussed in any way, like, and, and nor should it be, but it's just the way it is. There's a, there's a white and a black mum and dad and it's fine. And then obviously Josh is like a Latino and comes in and out of that family unit. I think it's all really strong. I really like it. But um, from a more character-driven perspective, it is about doing what you love and, and having dreams and goals to get you there. Obviously, uh, she sort of went against her parents' wishes by jumping into photography, but even Josh as well, rolling the dice to stop what he was doing to, to come back to who he thinks he's in love with. And yeah, just doing what you love and focusing on that. And then also understanding your feelings and your emotions and what that all means and you know why you're upset or why you're happy and, and following that as well. So all the, all the nice fluffy stuff that you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The, fam- the idea of family, the idea of love, this fate versus magic sort of thing. And I, obviously the whole idea of Christmas too, that's a bit of a thing in itself. Um, the thing about the family, did it's sort of um, the parent, her parents look quite young. 
like very young. I was like, uh, <laughs> even just, her yeah. grandpa did a little bit too. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah, super weird. Um, all right, what, what did you take away from this one? Then? Well, nothing really happened, nothing really bad happens. Um, <laughs> which you kind of need from time to time. And you can only really get away with that in a Christmas movie where it's like, yeah, nothing bad happens, but it's Christmas. It's like, oh yeah, fair enough. Um, I like the small town vibe as well. Um, I like the family atmosphere and all of it intertwined with this wholesome feel. I mean, this, this movie didn't, sorry, this movie wouldn't do any damage anywhere else, but it's really well placed on Netflix. There's no way you're going to go to a cinema to see this movie. And if you did, you'd feel, you'd feel cheated. But to put it on for 90 minutes or whatever it is on your streaming service because it's Christmas, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it fits in, like you mentioned, for the Hallmark sort of channel there. One of those, you know, midday oh, yeah. movies or something like that. Um, and if you like Christmas films, mm-hmm. you're probably going to enjoy this because it, it has all those, mm-hmm. you know, positive positive messages and positive you know, happiness. Just everything's happy. Everything's good. It's okay. We, we can get over everything and, and be happy together. So. <laughs> I I got three for this one. So the first one, um, I didn't really have to go on IMDb because so the guy who plays Fernando, uh, Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll, he's um, a recurring character in in the sitcom Kim's Convenience, which I love. I think it's a brilliant TV show, Kim's Convenience. Um, and he plays a very similar character. And I knew it was him straight away, but I just go, oh, I've never seen this guy anywhere else. So it's nice to see him in another film. Very funny. I think I think he's a funny guy. Um, Kate Graham is actually in How It Ends. Um, plays yeah. Forrest Whitaker's daughter in that. Oh, uh, okay. I don't, yeah. So she's the the main, fem- one of the main females in that in that movie. Um, yeah, I, I think I just kind of looked at her and I must have seen you in something. I didn't click that it was How It Ends, but there you go. And the other thing I did have to check was Ethan Peck, who plays Ty. When I knew his name was Ethan Peck, I just wanted to double check. He was not double check. I wanted to see if he was related to Gregory Peck, and he is Gregory Peck's grandson. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, the I didn't look it up, but Ethan Peck, um, like I, he's in um, Star Trek Discovery. He plays Spock in the so the. Oh, it's not even the latest Star Trek show now because I think there's like two more after that, but in, they're only up for the third season. But yeah, since season two, he's um, he's played Spock in that. Yes, I did have that. He's um, got that Spock look to him. He does, and I was like, oh, I knew that he was um, Gregory Peck's grandson from when I looked him up when I started when I was watching Star Trek. I was like, oh, I might get, <laughs> might get you, but you, you already had it, so well done. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Jeremy, questions you want to ask? Uh, look, just a little one around. So the photo shoot that she does for the mayor didn't really feel like a big win to me because it was the same old crappy family photos that she was already taking. Did, did you feel like it, it would have been more rewarding if she had got a different gig from the mayor? I know they talk about like, oh, you know, I'm going to call you later on. But in my head, she's like, yeah, I'm going to call this lady for family photos because she kicks ass at it. Like, I don't know. Would you prefer something bigger? Well, was she buying like, you know, they kept doing those free for freeze frames and all those black and white ones that she was taking throughout. Did she buy them as well to put around her? Thing. so maybe she's just going to be an official photographer for everything oh uh, maybe yeah that would yeah it just wasn't it just annoyed me that the whole like this is your coming of age and you're still your big moment is taking a family photo for a christmas maybe it's, like a, it is, it's so. a like a presidential photo that every year they get one that goes up in the the, the hall yeah. town hall or something i don't know i don't know just a few little sloppy things though with that with the plot points which could have just been easily 
you know, like a 10 minute brainstorm. What can we do yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. Could have been out of the park or done something like a campaign photo or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something around the city. Like, you know, there's a new restaurant opening. We want you to be the photographer there for the big opening. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And we're just spitballing within 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Um, the, so I think it was the two guys at the sort of food shelter. They said, uh, people can show you what they want. It's how they make you feel it counts. Do you, like, this is just a, do you think that Ty cared about the people who was feeding? Like, did, because I, I don't know. I, that's something I walk away with and I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't think he necessarily does. Um, but then you can't condemn him for doing it. Like, he's still obviously a regular there. That they know him enough to be like, oh, he brings dates here which is not a great look. Uh, and maybe he doesn't care that much. Maybe it's an image thing for him. Um, but on the flip side, he's still still doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was confused because I didn't know as a, a story where what they wanted us to believe. Um, it confused mm. me a Yeah, bit. it's true. Um, I get the other thing too is the, the whole resolution with the calendar, whereas the whole narrative we've seen mm. each of the doors open and what they represent. Do we really need a flashback to go back and tell us how all of them actually mattered in her life not at all no i agree with that i remember that yeah a candy cane oh i should crush by a candy cane oh and then it all all sort of like linked up to josh being yeah i agree that was it's almost like they're like we forgot about tying in the whole holiday calendar we didn't do it maybe we got to we got to do something with it to me it to me is like the the things that happened because of the calendar got those two close together anyway you didn't need a recount of at needing to actually match up with everything because without her going through what had occurred through that and her thinking that it went that way, she wouldn't have been where she was now. So, yeah. Oh, that no, I agree. We didn't need it. Good. Okay. I think we're pretty much done. I think that's uh, time for us to wrap it up. Yeah, I know. You know what? We've probably, we'll probably picked this movie apart more than we we're supposed to. I don't think this movie is, you know, set for a 30 to 40 minute discussion dissecting it, but um, it's still, it's what we do and it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that like you look at it, you're like we could probably talk about ten minutes of this, and it's like we've already pushed it out quite well. So good job. Um, this is the part where we wrap it up. We wrap it up and give our overall thoughts. So uh, fill us in. Uh, look, it was it was cringe, but it was Christmas cringe, so it gets away with it. Um, there's a very there's very little to sink your teeth into, but the wholesome vibe, the fact that nothing really bad goes wrong combined with a little bit of Chris's magic it's still a recipe that works just enough in my books so it's two and a half stars very nice yeah it's a very inoffensive uh, Christmas film so if you like this genre you'll you probably like this and there's nothing wrong with that at all um, for me there are probably better Christmas films to see and probably better ones that you can pick up as Netflix originals so um, I'm giving it a two which gives us a 2.25 um, out of five but I think that's it. So oh, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I reckon half the people who worked on this film would agree that there's better Christmas movies out there. I don't think they're trying to. <laughs> they're not trying to make the best Christmas movie, and that's that kind of works. At least it wasn't an absolute bomb. Like, I mean, there's there's worse ones out there. So, yeah. It, it tried to do nice things, and it did do nice things. So. Yeah. Well, we're on social. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Question up there this week is: uh, Do you believe in magic? Christmas magic, sorry, not just magic. I just had that song in my head. I was yeah. in Christmas magic. Magic. Magic, yeah. Um, oh, mate, Christmas, I love Christmas. And 
my big motto around Christmas is Christmas is what you make of it. So if you think that there's magic in Christmas, then there's magic in Christmas. If you think Christmas is a hallmark holiday to make you buy presents and spend money, then that's what Christmas is. Christmas can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, and it can be as special or as forgetful as, as you choose. So, so there's Not definitely magic gonna, in Christmas. Not even going to comment because I think that's, that's so perfect. I couldn't have said it. Anyway, <laughs> so, so well done. Um, we're back again next week. No, no Christmas next week. Next week we have uh, an American French experimental film. And this one is another one of those ones that I've been sitting on waiting for us to, um, to get to it. It's uh, called The Other Side of the Wind, and it's directed by Orson Welles. It stars John Huston, uh, Bob Brandon, yeah, Peter Bogdanovich, Susan Strasberg, and Oya Koda. Um, so I'm very, very excited for this one. I've been sitting on it, sitting on it, waiting. Um, I think it's a long one, a bit over two hours, but it's, um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they've put together some of the last pieces of um, this film so it can be released. Obviously, Orson Welles no longer with us, but yes, excited to see where this goes. I do, yeah, I do remember this one. Now, I was going to say it's nice of Orson Welles to come back for uh, for a new Netflix original film. It's good of him to jump on board with a new technology. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that for next week. Yeah, that'll be cool. It's a good, good, good call. All right, and as usual, thank you. It's been a good chat, and um, yes, yeah, there's, there's not much I can say about this one. I was just like. We'll do it because it's on the list and we'll, we'll get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're listening to this podcast uh, around Christmas time because you've just watched Christmas movie, then Merry Christmas and I hope that the magic of the season has touched you already and will continue to. You're just the expert on all things Christmas because, <laughs> yeah, so nice, so nice. And I'll leave it on that and I'll see you next <laughs> week. See you then, mate.